chapter thirty one part one of woman suffrage and politics this is a librivox recording all librivox recordings are in the public domain for more information or to volunteer please visit librivox org woman suffrage and politics the inner story of the suffrage movement by carrie chapman cat and nettie rogers schuler the states that did not ratify it is doubtful if any man even among suffrage men ever realized what the suffrage struggle came to mean to women before the end was allowed in america how much of time and patience how much work energy and aspiration how much faith how much hope how much despair went into it it leaves its mark on one such a struggle it fills the days and it rides the nights working eating drinking sleeping it is there not all women in all the states of the union were in the struggle there were some women in every state who knew nothing about it but most women in all the states were at least on the periphery of its effort and interest when they were not in the heart of it to them all its success became a monumental thing the action of their respective legislatures in ratifying the federal suffrage amendment was greeted by the women of every state with a vast state pride and gratification because that commonwealth stood forth before the world as an upholder of the american ideal of democracy to the women of ten states of the union this pride and gratification were denied the men of ten states left it to the generosity of the men of other states to enfranchise their own wives mothers sisters daughters one of the ten was delaware the only one north of the mason and dixon line the other nine were virginia maryland north carolina south carolina georgia alabama louisiana mississippi and florida in preceding pages it has been set forth that the original plan of the opposition was to secure thirteen refusals to ratify this was later modified into a plan to secure the adoption of forthright rejection resolutions in thirteen states if this had proved successful it would have been next in order to ask for a proclamation of defeat by the use of this rejection resolution it was hoped too to raise the question whether a succeeding legislature could adopt an amendment that the preceding legislature had formally rejected the rejection resolution read resolved by the general assembly of the state of the house and the senate concurring that the proposed amendment to the constitution of the united states be and hereby is rejected as an unwarranted unnecessary undemocratic and dangerous interference with the rights reserved to the states or to the people in both state and federal constitutions and be it further resolved that a copy of this resolution be filed with the secretary of the united states as the expressed will of the people of as registered in their constitution and by their elected representatives in the general assembly to retain the fundamental rights of local self-government vested in the states or in the people and be it further resolved that we call upon our sister states of the union to uphold and defend the right of each state to decide who shall vote for its own officers and to oppose and reject any 
amendment to the constitution of the united states that would transfer control of state franchises to the federal congress without the consent of the people themselves as duly exercised under their several state constitutions the resolution used was practically the same in all states except that the words unwarranted unnecessary undemocratic and dangerous were used interchangeably the keynote of the opposition that was to be directed against ratification of the federal suffrage amendment by the southern states had been struck as early as june tenth nineteen nineteen just six days after the submission of the amendment in a statement issued by senator lee s overman of north carolina the prominence of senator overman in administration councils his long service in the senate and his prestige throughout the south made an indelible impression upon those to whom his message was directed in my opinion said he the woman suffrage amendment just adopted by congress is a reaffirmation of the fifteenth amendment i wonder if this is appreciated throughout the south this latter amendment simply goes a step further than the fifteenth amendment in addition to saying that the right of suffrage shall not be abridged by reason of race color or previous condition of servitude the new amendment adds the word sex the language is not identical but it is evident that the woman suffrage resolution is a postscript to the former amendment which we have always opposed in the south the illiterate colored woman for instance irrespective of her non-conception of the duties of citizenship may vote and pair with the most intelligent woman of the caucasian race congress reserves the right of appropriate legislation to enforce this mandate regardless of the state that is the condition in a nutshell i wonder if woman suffrage advocates in the south have taken into consideration all the embarrassing features possible under such legislation through the years since the force bill had ceased to be operative there had been talk of its revival and the dread of that possibility ever hung over the heads of southern legislators like the sword of damocles coincident with the passage of the federal woman suffrage amendment had come the demand for self-determination on the part of the black people of the southern states a dispatch from paris the last week of june nineteen nineteen had carried the story of the appearance there of an american negro william trotter who was seeking to have the negro question taken up by the peace conference along with the irish jewish and other racial questions this demand created a further disturbance in the minds of representatives from southern states there was also the occasional question whether southern representation in congress should be reduced in accord with the federal constitution there had been threats of this in political conventions threats might become an actuality damaging figures could be arrayed against the south in nineteen sixteen one hundred and fifty nine thousand seven hundred and forty nine votes cast in georgia elected twelve members of congress while nine hundred and ninety nine thousand seven hundred and eighty-one votes in california elected eleven members of congress in other words thirteen thousand three hundred and twelve votes in georgia had as much power as ninety thousand eight hundred eighty-nine votes in california spread out on the record this precarious position of justice in the south was a menace to the whole democratic party at each election the leaders of that party were not blind to the danger every effort was made by them to persuade southern legislatures to ratify the federal suffrage amendment 
they prophesied that the rejection of the amendment in these states not only meant certain defeat for the democratic party at the polls in nineteen twenty but that the hostility of northern women voters might be aroused to the extent of insisting on enforcing the fifteenth amendment with all the horror of racial strife and loss of self-government president wilson wired the governors of all the southern states urging ratification from the viewpoint of expediency and warning them that the national democratic party's success was at stake secretary of the navy josephus daniels attorney general a mitchell palmer and the chairman of the national democratic committee homer cummings also sent urgent requests to party leaders and to members of the legislatures the only outcome was the condemnation of the president who was called a meddler and resentment against the national chairman for what was termed outside interference the press in many of the southern states was favorable it scored the legislators for their ignorance and unprogressiveness the press of savannah georgia said the majority of the legislature is opposed to suffrage of course we can't blame them for that the fault is not theirs that their intellects are limited or their consciences dwarfed we the people have elected them we are to blame not they no rational person hopes to defeat the amendment all that can possibly be done is to write down georgia as one of the few if not the only state that opposes right and justice with her own feeble bulk georgia the empire state of the south as she is self-styled was the first to reject the federal suffrage amendment in well-informed circles there was no great surprise over this action before the session convened members of the georgia auxiliary to the national american woman suffrage association and their friends in the legislature realized the impossibility of ratification and decided to wait a year in the hope of a growing suffrage sentiment usually when the advocates of a measure withhold it the opponents make no objection not so in georgia the opposition introduced ratification resolutions in senate and house for the announced purpose of defeating them never in any legislative body have the opponents of a measure shown themselves so bloodthirsty and vindictive declared a representative on the floor in both houses these resolutions were referred to the committees on constitutional amendments one of which had five bills proposing to amend the state constitution so as to enfranchise women on which no action had ever been taken when the joint hearing was held a rejection resolution was substituted in both committees the vote was unfavorable to suffrage in the senate the report was unexpectedly called a few days later and a motion to disagree with the committee report was lost as ratification was considered hopeless friends in the senate attempted to postpone action indefinitely by a filibuster which lasted for several days and was the means of recommitting the entire suffrage question to the committee on constitutional amendments with the understanding that it would remain there the balance of the session but july twenty fourth the same day that this agreement was made a rejection resolution was introduced in the senate reported favorably by the committee and after several hours debate was carried the senate also voted down a proposition to submit a suffrage amendment to the state constitution on the same day the rejection resolution was carried in the house during the debate in the senate a bitter attack was made on the amendment with many acrimonies and personal references it was called a vicious piece of legislation susan b anthony was declared the worst enemy the south ever had one senator affirmed we opponents of the amendment are trying to save the women of georgia from a repetition of reconstruction days it is not a question of woman suffrage but of protecting georgia womanhood another said it would 
deprive the South of every right to control its own suffrage and place it forever under the dominant North. He cared not what position the Democratic Party took in the matter. He would insist on Georgia recording what she believed to be a vital matter of right, even if her action ends the life of what was once the Democratic Party. Still another said women should not be allowed to vote. Their privilege and obligation is to bear children. The sole intent of this voting privilege is to equalize white women with negro women these suffragists men and women are out with a propaganda for race suicide women are now refusing to bear children because of the policy of woman suffrage women who vote came here to induce georgia women to refuse to bear children which was the sole aim and end for having women at all according to bible doctrine in the house the final period of debate was one of the most tempestuous since the reconstruction days at times there were a dozen representatives on their feet at the same time clamoring for recognition the grant of unanimous consent gave opportunity for a parliamentary battle exceeding in interest anything that the georgia legislature had ever indulged in during the debate one proponent of suffrage said i heard it stated that a very high official in the democratic party in this state has publicly announced that if the suffrage is given to women he will quit the party but where will he go the republicans are for it the socialists stand upon it even the bolsheviks are on this platform if we take the wings of the morning and fly to the uttermost parts of the earth we will find it in russia in germany in england in scandinavia in switzerland and the islands of the sea it would be interesting to see the eminent gentleman like noah's dove finding no place for his foot till with wearied wing he comes back to the ark of his fathers both senate and house passed resolutions rejecting the suffrage amendment the subject matter of both being practically the same but neither resolution was passed by both houses as there was no joint resolution no resolution ever reached the governor so the action was null and void by overreaching itself georgia's virulence was officially as if it had not been if the president of the senate and the speaker of the house had been less anxious to send the official notice of the rejection of the federal suffrage amendment to the congress they might have remembered that they had failed to sign a joint resolution according to one newspaper alabama craved the privilege of being first to reject the federal suffrage amendment without a technicality she was from the beginning of the ratification campaign there was evidence of a determination on the part of alabama's united states senators that the adverse vote they had registered against the federal suffrage amendment in washington should be vindicated by their state legislature the defeat of ratification in alabama can therefore be laid squarely at the door of the democratic senators oscar w underwood and john h bankhead governor kilby and lieutenant governor nathan l miller both maintained neutral attitudes the liquor opposition worked openly the national democratic leaders urged ratification on the grounds of party expediency all the more because the republicans were claiming credit for nine of the eleven ratifications already secured at that time the state democratic committee twenty to thirteen adopted a resolution which read we pledge our support in every proper way to accomplish the result desired but the opposition machine was well oiled and not a cog in a single wheel failed to turn governor kilby transmitted the resolution without recommendation by joint resolution the senate and house were to act simultaneously on july seventeenth but the house broke the agreement and the senate alone took action after defeating a motion to defer action and one to postpone indefinitely the senate passed a resolution to reject the amendment the women hoped for postponement in the house 
as the rejection resolution carried the provision that a message should be sent to the federal secretary of state the president of the senate and speaker of the house before the state of alabama could be recorded as rejecting the amendment on august thirteenth the republican minority in the legislature five members in the house and one in the senate issued a statement declaring that they intended to vote in favor of ratification in accordance with the mandate from their party but on september two the senate defeated the ratification resolution and on the seventeenth the house adopted the rejection resolution no one had expected mississippi to ratify though members of the mississippi auxiliary to the national american woman suffrage association pointed to the statement of senator john sharp williams as indicating encouragement he favored a white woman's primary in which the women of the state might say whether they wanted the ballot or not he was inclined to woman suffrage and thought that with safeguards it might be made a bulwark of white supremacy in the state there was also the favorable attitude of state officials retiring governor theodore g bilbo had replied to governor burnquist of minnesota when he took the poll of governors that the mississippi legislature would be called in the autumn and he expected ratification his farewell message delivered in person closed with the words woe to that man who raises his hand against the onward march of this progressive movement the newly elected governor lee m russell in his inaugural address january twenty devoted more time to the question of ratification than to any other topic mississippi women argued that their legislators could not consistently urge states rights as a reason for not ratifying because the same legislators had ratified the prohibition amendment in fifteen minutes time and the same principle was involved they did not know the elasticity of a mississippi legislator's logic the men who did not hesitate to ratify a federal amendment under which it was made a crime for a man to buy a bottle of beer in new york refused to ratify a federal amendment which placed the white women of their state on the same constitutional level as the colored men without warning to the friends of suffrage a rejection resolution was offered in the house on january twenty one it was not referred to a committee but rushed to a vote and amid cheers and laughter after ten minutes debate it was carried the resolution was sent to the senate and by it referred to the committee on constitution a new resolution ratifying the amendment was then presented and failed of adoption then the rejection resolution was recommitted to the constitution committee where it rested until march thirty when in committee of the whole a ratification resolution was substituted the vote in the senate was eyes twenty two nays twenty two the lieutenant governor h h castile breaking the tie and casting an affirmative vote news of this favorable action spread all over the country and the suffrage center of interest was suddenly shifted from republican delaware to democratic mississippi telegrams came pouring into mississippi offering congratulations and appealing to the house to make mississippi the thirty-sixth state when the substitute resolution to ratify was presented to the house the next day march thirty one a motion was made that the house do not concur with the senate resolution of ratification hoots catcalls and jeers drowned the words of speakers in the midst of the confusion calls for the vote became loud and insistent the author of three state suffrage bills introduced at this session attempted to speak against ratification representative r h watts of rankin county interpolated i would rather die and go to hell than vote for woman suffrage and the press said the boys cheered nearly a minute the substitute resolution was read at three o'clock at three fifteen the vote had been taken the resolution to ratify announced as defeated and the clerk was reading another bill a curious incident of the suffrage action in mississippi was that 
the legislature later passed bills making provision for the women to vote in primary and general elections both contingent upon the ratification of the federal suffrage amendment the same legislature passed a suffrage referendum bill which was voted on in november nineteen twenty after the enfranchisement of women and received eyes thirty nine thousand one hundred and eighty six nays twenty four thousand two hundred and ninety six even in mississippi the people were for suffrage more than three to two but the bill was not adopted as the law requires a majority not a plurality of all the votes cast on an amendment by then however women had already been enfranchised under the federal suffrage amendment unfortunately for southern women the state law in mississippi required registration four months and in georgia six months before election since ratification was not completed until august nineteen twenty the women in these two states were barred from voting in nineteen twenty the only states where women were not allowed to participate in the election south carolina women had no illusions about ever securing the vote from south carolina men through ratification or otherwise their experience in nineteen seventeen with a state referendum bill defeated by the senate and withdrawn at the women's request from the house because they knew it would fail had given them a realization that their legislators did not favor votes for women by any method whatsoever one newspaper made it plain from the beginning that the electorate and the general assembly of south carolina representing it will never vote for woman's suffrage for no better reason than that other states vote for it nor will the state be governed by the exigencies of the national democratic party or any other party when it considers the matter of limiting or expanding its electorate on january fourteenth nineteen twenty the joint resolution to ratify was introduced and referred to the judiciary committee which reported it unfavorably in the house on january twenty two a concurrent resolution to reject the amendment was carried this house action of voting on a measure without referring it to a committee or placing it on the calendar was unprecedented in debate a speaker wanted a joint resolution which will kill the infernal thing now and forever another said he had told some of the women lobbyists that more hell and the devil would be raised over this thing than anything else on january twenty nine the rejection resolution was carried in the senate the virginia legislature assembled on august thirteenth nineteen nineteen in special session and the federal suffrage amendment was submitted by the governor without recommendation as the session was called specifically for good roads and as answers to a questionnaire submitted to members showed that it would be impossible to obtain ratification the virginia auxiliary of the national american woman suffrage association intended to wait for the regular session of nineteen twenty to press for action however the opponents of suffrage heard through a rejection proposal in the house without debate ten minutes before the nineteen nineteen adjournment the senate voted to postpone action until the next session in nineteen twenty conditions in virginia were not greatly improved for although there were sixty-one new members in the two houses who had been elected since the last legislature it was acknowledged to be not only a reactionary but a very wet body these men resented the ratification of the prohibition amendment and it had crystallized their sentiment against the approval of any federal legislation the federal relations committee reported in favor of the rejection resolution in both senate and house a ratification resolution and another to refer ratification to the voters were substituted for the rejection resolution in the senate on february sixth after a debate of twelve hours the rejection resolution was adopted by a vote of twenty four to ten and on february twelfth the house also adopted it by a vote of sixty two to twenty two 
although the virginia legislators voted against the federal suffrage amendment they knew that it would be ratified and on march twelve a qualifications bill to enable virginia women to vote contingent on ratification of the federal amendment and a resolution to submit to the voters a woman suffrage amendment to the state constitution were adopted by both houses this action was intended to appear magnanimous but it appeared only futile in virginia a referendum amendment must pass two consecutive legislatures and then be submitted to the voters for their decision before it becomes a law as only three states were then needed to complete ratification virginia women could be enfranchised under the federal suffrage amendment long before the virginia referendum could reach the voters all the republican senators in the virginia legislature voted for ratification but most of the democratic senators and members of the lower house ignored the request to ratify that came from the head of their own party the president of the united states they publicly declared that as far as they were concerned their party could go to smash that democracy could go down that it makes little difference in virginia who has control of the government in washington they scorned the hundreds of telegrams and letters from their own constituents and the thirty-two thousand state petitioners requesting ratification as one senator said they set their minds in defiance of justice and fair dealing they didn't get the pulse of the times in maryland as in other states the women had tried for many years to get some form of suffrage from their legislature but without success when the federal suffrage amendment was submitted in june of nineteen twenty pressure was at once brought by the maryland auxiliary to the national american woman suffrage association to induce governor harrington to call a special session but he advised waiting until the regular session because the legislature had not been elected with the question of the amendment before the people after the regular session convened january seventh nineteen twenty the ratification resolution was introduced in the senate and sent to the committee on federal relations while in the house it was sent to the committee on constitutional amendments a hearing was set for february eleventh but when informed that the date was inconvenient for speakers and suffrage leaders who would be in chicago attending the convention of the national american women suffrage association the chairman of the senate committee agreed to postpone the hearing until the eighteenth the surprise of the suffragists was therefore great when on february tenth at the reconvening of the session the chairman of the house committee on constitutional amendments insisted on the hearing for february eleventh a canvas of the committee showed a majority in favor of the date being february eighteenth so the suffragists returned to their homes next morning baltimore papers announced that the hearing would be held february eleventh the suffragists learned that the preceding night the speaker had transferred the suffrage amendment from the committee on constitutional amendments which was favorable to the committee on federal relations which was hostile none of the members of the suffrage ratification committee spoke at the hearing the house committee refused a hearing the senate committee granted one for february seventeenth early that morning suffragists gathered from all over the state and at ten thirty led by a band they marched into the state house they presented resolutions and petitions representing over one hundred and twenty five thousand residents of maryland the women made their appeal to governor ritchie successor to governor harrington answering he said that the platform of the democratic party of the state on which he was elected opposed suffrage and that he could not ask the legislators to repudiate their platforms early in the afternoon the rejection resolution was reported favorably and carried in both senate and house in the house thirty-three of the forty-five republicans and two of the fifty-six democrats and in the senate seven republicans and two democrats voted against the rejection resolution End of chapter thirty-one part one